You're now listening to the Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. This is where we bring you the week's news in bite-sized portions. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Pet Mania, who have their stock clearance sale now on. I'm now joined in studio by Head of News for the next couple of weeks, Bernie English. Bernie, how are you? And thank good you afternoon. for joining me. How are you, Keen? How are you getting on? We're good. We're good uh, now. Busy a couple of weeks for you, I think. Well, it's busy in the sense that, of course, this is silly season, so we don't yeah. have all our regular politicians beating the doors down. They're all gone to <laughs> Lanzarote or wherever the hell they go to for their yeah, holidays. Fair play to them. Uh, I'm looking at the front page of this week's paper and one of the politicians is speaking to Alan Jakes, James Collins. Yes, yeah. um, our our senior reporter Alan Jakes was speaking to James Collins about this issue. There's there's 900, peop- 900 houses which have planning permission and have not yet been started. And that, of that, now, the thing about planning permission is, for those who don't know, is that once you get planning permission, you have a certain number of years mm-hmm. to get at least the foundations in. And it's quite generous. I think it's two to five years. Yeah. But if you don't do it in that two to five years, you can apply for, you can reapply and just to retain the planning permission for another period. So it seems there's an awful lot of people out there, uh, an awful lot of companies out there and developers who seem to be sitting speculatively on land. And ironically, in the same paper, Alan Jakes, the same reporter, wrote, wrote a piece first that says there's 295 people, adults, homeless in Limerick. Now, you can imagine what would happen if those 900 houses got built. Yeah, it would ease a lot of pressure. It certainly yeah. would. And people say, oh, but homeless people are not going to buy into top-end luxury houses. But nonetheless, everybody moving into a new unit frees up a unit somewhere further down yeah. the housing ladder. So it's quite extraordinary that we have a situation where there's that many permissions granted, and yet... Nothing is happening. And that, just to put, put it in perspective, is 40% of all the current permissions granted. In yeah. other words, 40% of all the live permissions are going nowhere. They haven't, got off, they haven't got off the drawing board yet. And it begs the question why the council would allow, or you know, why the planning laws allow this to happen. Because there's, some of that is obviously people just waiting to start projects or pulling the projects together. But a large chunk of that are, are our developers speculative sitting on land. Meanwhile, we have a housing crisis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the council are supposed to be, I, I, we, we are to believe the council are um, being more cooperative with housing applications now because of the crisis. And, and so, there has been grants in place or a process in place to help first time buyers with new bills. So yes. a lot of these could fall into that. Yeah, really, I mean, we all, we all know somebody, well, I, have ch- I, have ch- I have children who would be very, very happy yeah. to have hailed themselves of one of those new homes yeah. if they would uh, ever get up off the wall and build them. And then uh, James Collins also says about uh, the central bank issuing dire warnings about house prices with Brexit and if the market's not, yeah, if not houses yeah, yeah. on the market, it'll just make the prices go another one way really, isn't it? Well, this, this is why you have to see is, you know, I mean, property and banks were probably the two biggest causes of the last crash. Yeah. And you have to wonder, you know, why has nothing, nothing has changed since 2009. There's, Nothing changed in the planning process. Nothing changed in the planning laws. There, it, it's okay. We have to argue. It's capitalism. It's a free. It's a free market. Yep. Demand. Demand drives supply. Well, demand is there. So why is the supply not coming? And somebody really should be looking at this, not just for Limerick, but on a countrywide basis. You know, if that's if that's the picture in Limerick, can you imagine where it is, what it is elsewhere? Exactly. Yeah. Um, so all that story is available on page one of this week's Limerick Post newspaper and online at limerickpost.ie. And then a, a story of your own, Bernie, on page 15, there's graveyards being let go to ruin. Yeah, Mount St. Lawrence and Mount Jerome, particularly the older parts, we had a call in from uh, a very upset reader who was good enough to also send us pictures. And 
quite honestly, the, the state of some parts of those graveyards is absolutely deplorable. There's weeds as high as your head. Uh, now, I know it's the growing season, yeah. but nonetheless, there are supposed to be people in there who are taking care of these, these plots. Um, more alarmingly, a lot of the gravestones themselves have toppled and some of the graves have fallen in quite an alarming amount. So with weeds growing over them and the graves themselves actually toppling in, it's quite, it's not beyond, it's not beyond uh, belief that somebody would actually trip, fall into the grave mm. and never be seen again, you know. But you could even imagine it is very upsetting for someone who has a loved one in the graveyard and seen. It is, it is. Now, know, some, some of the people in the old, some of the graves in the older part are, are neglected old, yeah. by, by dint of the fact that the families have died off. Yeah. But nonetheless, I mean, those, those are historic monuments. Mm-hmm. And it, it would really, it would really behove the council or whoever is supposed to be in charge of it, to actually um, keep this in check and not let that go. You know, if you go, he pointed out, and it's true, if you go out to smaller county villages and places on the outskirts of the city, they treat their graveyards as, as, as the older graveyards as almost a tourist attraction. Yeah. And with a huge uh, in interest now in genealogy, a lot of people like to come back and see where their ancestors are buried. So it would be a terrible shame if that's let go any further to Rack and Ruin. You can see from that picture, and he sent in quite a few more, um, that really, it's, it's, in, it's in a deplorable state. It's not where you'd want to go to visit the last resting place of somebody you love. And that's a story, I suppose, that we'll keep an eye on and hope things change. We, we, uh, well, we'd hope so. Yeah. Bernie, thanks very much for joining me for this week's podcast. Thank you, Keen. Have a good day. I'm now joined in studio by journalist Maura Nolan. Maura, how are you getting on? That's very keen. How are you getting on? Uh, sure, look, as good as I can be. It's a lovely day out, you know. Um, so I'm looking at page 13 here in the Limerick Post newspaper and there's a Limerick Shannon transport strategy that you've written about. Yeah, um, basically Shane Ross, the transport minister, has announced that the National Transport Authority will be working alongside Limerick and Clare councils to develop a new transport strategy. Um, in particular, Limerick City are going to benefit the most from investments such as bus priority, traffic management and other smarter travel projects. Okay, uh, so there's been a lot of issues with transport in the city and is this one of the steps they're taking to improve the infrastructure or uh yes absolutely they're trying to um basically um trying to improve all of the buses and the city basically because there's been a lot of complaints about you know yeah. three or four three or four and all the other around the city and they're it's going to be a big benefit to the university of limerick because they're opening a new campus in the city in around 2022 i think okay and uh, i see uh, another fine gael Senator was speaking about this in uh, Maria Byrne. Uh, yes, Maria Byrne has welcomed the news, um, saying that uh, if Limerick is to be a real counterbalance to Dublin, a functioning public transport system in the city is needed, along with increased connectivity between Limerick and Shannon Airport. Okay. And that story is available on page 13 of this week's paper and online at limerickpost.ie. And then you have another story, which is a, a, a message from Ungarda Shia Khan, really, isn't it? To yeah, um, so basically the Gardaí have launched a new campaign called Use Your Brains, Not Your Fists. So the campaign aims to uh, make people wise up to the consequences of assaulting another person, um, such as facing uh, losing their job or doing jail time. It also aims to remind people of potential mental and physical impacts on assault victims. Um, this campaign follows the Guardian Limerick investigating a number, of, a number of assaults that have taken place in city centre over the past few weeks. And so Henry Street Crime Prevention Officer Sergeant Burr Leach has given some advice to young people on getting home safe after a night out. Um, she says to never attempt a drunk with a reason to... with a, to, First thing is to never attempt to reason with a drunk or an aggressive person. Um, to always walk away and look for help. 
and also to plan your night out carefully just to arrange transport to and from events um, let someone know when you're going and let someone know when you'll be home and just to be wary of your surroundings and to be careful walking home on your own in dark places um, she's also advising people um, to always uh, contact Gardaí if they have been assaulted. She said that people, especially young men, are embarrassed to contact if they have... A lot of crimes won't go reported. Really. Yeah, yeah, they're just... Young males um, feel embarrassed lots of time about being assaulted, but just always to contact the Gardaí immediately if you've been assaulted. That's available in this week's Limerick Post as well and online at limerickpost.e. Maura, thanks very much for joining me. Thank you very much. Have a good day. This week's podcast is brought to you in association with Pet Mania, who have their stock clearance sale now on. I'm now joined in studio by host of the Limerick Post Show, Megan Scully. Megan, how are you? I'm good, Keen. How are you getting on? I'm not too bad, thank you for asking. Uh, you had a busy week again this week, as usual. Yes, well, it was the bank holiday, so I think it always yeah. kind of throws everyone off. But um, yeah, we um, I chatted to Roger of Parkway Shopping Centre um, all about the Going for Gold um, The most beautiful garden yeah. in Limerick competition. And that's exactly what it is. The most beautiful garden in Limerick competition is what it's called. <laughs> and they're looking for entries. So if you are the proud owner of a garden that is seen by the public, so basically it has to be seen by the public road or, you know, you've walked in a street, it has to be visible. Then you can enter. Um, there's no criteria or no style. They're literally open to every kind of a garden. Um, every year, someone kind of some different garden wins. So who knows? You might have the winning garden. And I saw you tending to your garden a while ago on your Instagram stories. Are you going to in- enter yourself? I mean, I, I kind of, I think weeds are you know flowers. It's just a different yeah. version. But uh, I don't know if my weeds would win, so I might just leave it off for this year. But yeah. maybe next year I'll gear up for it. And there was no tips given by Roger, was there? No, they're absolutely open to anything at all. So um, they accept every kind of a garden. So go for it. Um, if you head into the Parkway Shopping Centre, you can find out more information or, of course, Limerick.e and you can uh, enter and your the Limerick Post garden. Show, you can find more information as well. Exactly. LimerickPostShow.ie forward slash show. And then we went to the Savoy Hotel. We had a chat with our lovely Limerick Rose. Yes, Sinead Flanagan. Um, she was titled the Limerick Rose back in April and she's gearing up now for the Rose Tree Festival. Obviously, we just see two days on television, um, but it's actually uh, a full week for her of uh, touring all over Ireland with all the roses and all the escorts. Um, it sounds like a really fun experience. Loads of clothes needed from what I gather. Um, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying as well. You know, I think a lot of Manuka honey, but she's a doctor, so she'll be able to look after it. Ah, she'll be grand, so be yeah. fine. It was a lovely chat getting to know her and learning more about her she's from Adair I don't want to give away too much because it's all in the interview but uh, if you want to find out more about Sinead and how she got involved in the Rose Tree in the first place um, limerpost.ie forward slash show but you, you did chat to her about her uh, recent trip to the Galway races because you were there yourself yes and I also saw a picture of her on Instagram yeah at the Galway races so uh, she was there I think on Ladies Day I think there were 17 roses there so they all got to meet each other ahead of Tralee which is quite handy the international roses haven't landed yet and yes I was racing on Friday um, which was a really great day it was so busy and it didn't rain which is always a positive for the Galway races Lovely and uh, there's a lot going on this week and I'm sure everyone can keep up to date with it over on Limpost.ie forward slash show and I must get myself out here because I've got a suitcase to pack Oh you're heading off somewhere yeah. I yeah. am I'm going to a very <laughs> quiet and idyllic island of uh, it's called Ibiza Never it's uh, it. really relaxing chilled vibes probably yoga morning noon and night um, so you probably won't recognise me when I come back so I'll be so relaxed and I'll probably look 10 years younger Well if there was ever anyone that deserved a holiday it's probably me and not you. <laughs> that is very true. But I'm going to leave all the work for you, so it's all good. Thanks very much, Megan. Enjoy your week. Bye. You enjoy your holidays. Oh, Bye, Megan. This week's podcast is brought to you by Pet Mania, who have their stock clearance sale now on. So I'm joined in studio now by journalist with Sporting Limerick, John Keogh. John, how are you? I'll go, Keogh, now. Uh, 
some lovely weather we've had the last few days. It's been bit mental. Of a bit of sun, Crazy. bit of rain, <laughs> sleet and snow, the usual. Uh, and it's been similar to some of the results in Limerick sports for the yeah, past Yeah, it's been a tough couple of weeks yeah. for certainly on the GA circles, certainly every circle actually now <laughs> I think about it. Yeah, we'd um, the Camogie, senior Camogie team. There is a positive. We'll get onto the positive in a minute. Senior Camogie team uh, bowed out of the All Ireland Championship defeat to Tip five point defeat. Just didn't really get going the second half. Um, Neve Mulcahy got a great goal in the first half, only down by a point at, at half time, but only scored two points in the second half. Fairly disappointing and end to what has been a positive season. League semi final, All Ireland quarter final for the first time since two thousand and five at senior level. Definitely progress. Declan Nash was speaking of that after the game. I was down in, in Simple Stadium um, on Saturday evening. Tough defeat. And maybe in, when things settled down a bit, they'll look back at that game and say, they could have. that was a chance to get to the semi-final, give away a lot of frees in the second half. Can't remember now offhand, but Tip, tip like he's quite event, their centre-forward scored seven points. She was leading the score seven of their 110 and was the free taker. She didn't miss a free in the second half. She scored four or five in that time. You know, it was just disappointing. Limerick never really got going in the second half. Very difficult conditions. Very strong breeze in, in Torres and it was wet. And it was the kind of rain that, I don't know, just a sticky rain that some rain you can play away without any bother. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, but this was heavy. It was just, just couldn't get going really in the second half. Big disappointment, but as I said, positives. And then... An even bigger positive then is the, the junior team in the Premier Junior Championship. They did a great win over Offaly that sets them up at an All-Ireland semi-final with Roscommon um, this Sunday in Cusick Park and it's at four o'clock. So if anyone's doing nothing this Sunday, no bank holiday, no excuse not to go on yeah. anything. Yeah, Head along to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, coming back to the freeze there, you said they gave away too many freeze. Do you think that's a problem with the modern game? Depends on the referee. Yeah. Referee's interpretation, Limerick weren't getting as many frees. And then, like, if you do give away a free within a certain area, it's more than likely. Yeah, Kite Van's yeah. a f- yeah. superb, superb free taker. I mean, she scored a couple of frees into the breeze there, kept the ball low yeah. from the touchline. I mean, but three or four of them were in front of the goals as well. So you have to be smart with your fouling. When Tipperary were fouling, they were fouling back in Limerick's half. So there was no chance of a score when Limerick were fouling. Tipperary are on the attack. You know, you have yeah. to be, it's all experienced. They're still a very young squad. Some experienced players in there, obviously, but... They would have learned hugely from this campaign, you know, getting to the league semi-final. Okay, they were humbled by Galway in that league semi-final. Ran Galway very close in Athen Roy for large parts of that game. Missed goal chances that could have seen them have it. Would have ended up playing Waterford if they'd beaten Galway. It could have been a different result, you yeah. know. So we saw what Waterford nearly did to Galway in the second game. So look, hugely positive. Declan Ash has done a very good job in bringing this team forward. And it's just next year they have to be looking looking higher again. So... Constantly it, progressing is the thing. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. And uh, is there any update on the ladies' football? Ladies' football um, are playing their relegation final on Sunday. Still no time, still no venue, which is scandalous in its own self. As we're looking at what Wednesday a lot before of the, the organisation is, is getting a bit of a joke. Yeah, that there's certainly there's a big one with Tipperary this weekend. It's hitting um, Tipperary. They've an All Ireland. Football, ladies football semi-final I think in a hurling or camogie semi-final as well there's a couple of dual players and they've been asked to play on the same day or same weekend we've mentioned it with Limerick players over the, it's it's a constant yeah. and something has to happen about it but it's not just so after appearing this is completely disrespectful yeah. and completely any level of sport at any it? level of sport yeah. like, 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 
okay, at senior men's level, you, you've got to the level of you can't play both. It's too much. They're doing too much training. It's effectively professional. But a camogie, surely, a camogie in ladies football, where it's not the same levels now, I'm not taking away from what they do put mm-hmm. in, but there's so many players that want to play both codes yeah. are very good at both codes. Give them the greatest opportunity to do so. I, I just don't understand why they can't meet. If this happened, this has been happening for several years that the, the steward player issue has come up. Yeah. You know, it happened with Limerick and if you just take Limerick example, a couple of weeks ago I remember saying it to you, the ladies footballers played Kildare, the Camogie on the Saturday, the Camogie players played on the Sunday against Galway. Limerick couldn't field the full Camogie team against Galway in a game they could have won if they had because they, they played and it's impossible to ask players to play two full games in the space of 24 hours. It's just yeah. you, you just can't in this day and age. And the extra pressure on them and on the managers is just uh, a bit too much I'd yeah. say. Um, well, but back to the ladies yeah. footballers. So what are their chances this weekend? Look, they're playing a leash team that played Division 2 football um, in the league but lost all seven games. They've lost both games in the championship so far but, but they're, they're, they play at a higher level than Limerick. A distinctly higher level in Division 2. They'll, they'll be Division 3 in the league next year. I don't know a huge amount about them. Uh, John Ryan was saying during the week they're a very young team who like to move the ball quickly, don't kick it until they get to scoring areas, like to move the ball through the hands. It sounds to me very like Kildare, Kildare caused Limerick on toll problems in their first championship game. Um, it's been a tough year for Limerick overall, you know, huge. It's a big step up, we mentioned it Huge before. step up yeah. after such a positive year winning the junior title. After kind of coming out and over to win that junior title, that has been reflected in the results. The last Munster Championship games to Tipperary and Clare fairly heavily. Okay, Tipperary just down from Division 2 or Division 1 to Division 2. The Raw was going to be too strong for Limerick. Clare, Division 3 team. Playing the Intermediate Championship as well now, as do Tipperary. Um, they've, they've, they've struggled. It's been a huge step up. And as of yet, even though they improved against Sligo going down in their away games after losing to Clare in the Championship, it's just they're not learning quick enough, maybe. And it's it made this game may have come a bit early for them. John Ryan was very insistent that they should have beaten Sligo, missed plenty of chances, a good performance, but a good performance won't do it this weekend. They'll have to win Sunday. Yeah. He's confident they can pull out a result, and only time will tell. But as I said, no venue or time on Sunday as of yet. So uh, you'll keep us posted on that on sportandlimerick.com, well, I imagine. And then uh, Pat Ranahan has an article in this week's paper. Yeah, Pat has a look at the Super 8s, as, as you something know. Something that Kate. really interests me. Something that yeah. really interests you. <laughs> and I know, no, look, it's it, it, they've tried it, but I think the biggest conversation talker or conversation over the weekend, hot topic, I should say, was the Dublin-Tyrone game where it looked like... Like 15 changes to Tyrone. There was probably about eight for the Dublin team. Look, they knew where they were. Yeah. You know, they knew they were qualified. And that's going to happen when you have this. There are going to be dead rubbers, you know. Yeah. But even before that match, there was talks of the team who lose actually have a benefit because they have the extra day to prepare. Yeah, six, seven days at this yeah, stage. I know, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I, the amount of changes made, the level of the way the game went, it was kind of pedestrian pace you know you'd like traditionally the league is the chance to give all these players their opportunity to yeah, show it's not given, it shouldn't it, be the it's given some players a rest going last into game the quarterfinals like you know yeah it's, it's given players a rest going into the semi-finals look there are positives to it you know but did, did the old quarterfinal system you'd watch four games yeah did you get them four games are they better than the god knows how many games each team has played at this stage of the super eights you know what i'm saying it's yeah. 
I, I, I know I, I'm all for getting inter-county players getting more games but I just think this hasn't worked you yeah. know and that's Pat Val goes into detail about his views on, on the Super 8s in, in this week's paper as well it's just it's it's the Tyrone Dublin game really really hit home with a lot of people that it was pedestrian pace there wasn't yeah. much going on both teams giving players a rest A and B then giving chances to other guys how good was it to see Dear McConnelly back though Look, <laughs> people have their own opinion on Dermot Connolly. Dermot Connolly is a fantastic footballer. The first yeah. thing he did was put the ball over the bar. second thing he did was get black carded, you know, so... That's just to look, remind people he's there. It, yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just Dermot Connolly. But yeah. look, Dermot Connolly is a fantastic footballer. You're just looking, Dublin... People are saying Dublin are struggling this year. And I'm going, I'm not seeing it. Somehow. <laughs> They're not maybe not beating teams by 15 points as yeah. much as we're Cork ran them close. Tyrone gave it a good crack again. I just can't see outside Dublin. You're looking at what is it? Mayo in the semi final. Mayo in the semi, and then Kerry. And Kerry Tyrone. Against, you know. Yeah, look, Tyrone. Kerry Tyrone should be a good game. Yeah, look, I can't see them making the final. Everyone, game, look, look, realistically, yeah. everyone wants Mayo to win. Outside yeah. of them three counties, you may, you maybe not. You, you have your own views on how cynical Mayo are. Not naming any of their players. It's good discussions we've had off off mic, but. I think that a lot of neutrals. I don't bring my prejudices way. to the. No, you don't. But I know for your prejudices, <laughs> so it's okay. I, I'll happily bring them up. But no, and on, on, on a more serious note, look, they're everyone's second team. Maybe not in your case, but just I, I, I don't. I don't think anyone would, would begrudge me on All Ireland. <laughs> the looks I'm getting that <laughs> from Keen as I'm talking, but and a lot of people won't begrudge it. But you know what I'm saying, so. Them setting up to Dublin, are they, they're a team that can trouble Dublin. We'll get we'll we'll get onto the nuts yeah, and yeah. bolts of it. We'll talk about that maybe more so closer to the time. But you know, Kerry, look, Kerry have serious serious players in that team. Yeah, young team in defence, well. but yeah. with Sean O'Shea and, and Clifford, like. So, so what does Pat think should happen with the Super Race? Just get rid of it all together? Uh, yeah, he comes up with different alternatives. Like yeah. I, I don't know. Does he really come up with? Is it enough? See, I don't think there is an answer. That's the thing. The, the, it's something that they'll have to revisit. You know, yeah, this is a trial. everyone, look, everyone has an opinion. We yeah. talked just before we started the podcast about giving the league a greater impetus and, and yeah. make the league the championship maybe. And it's it's like the it's like what we had with the hurling. Like, will two, will two hurling referees fix the hurling problems? Yeah, I don't yeah. think it will. You know, I mean, it's such a fast game that yeah. one referee will interpret one thing in one half and the other in another it's worked in AFL it, it works in other sports but I don't know it's crux look to be fair to the GA and they get a lot of criticism these things. they're trying things yeah. to make it better so I mean even these small rule changes down to you know the yeah. mark and things like this so yeah yeah The mar- I think the mark has been a big success yeah. if, if we just hone in that I think it has because mm-hmm. teams are getting the ball quicker into the forwards that's what we want to see exactly, we want to yeah. see we don't want to see teams playing basketball yeah. that's what effectively happened what happens to Super Reds, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I have no idea the way to fix it. I, th- I think the most constructive thing I've heard on all proposals is a league type basis where teams are playing at their own level. Do mind the second tier championship as yeah. of yet? Maybe down the line I think it has to come in because teams want to play against teams at their own level. Mm-hmm. But the easiest way to do that would be bringing in a tiered league like they have at the moment. Every team, the promotion relegation to each. Yeah. If you do well enough, you're in the you're in Division One of the Championship next year, where where the Sam Maguire is played for. The teams will get seven games. How bad neutral exactly. venues for all seven games? I did this rubbish of home and away yeah. things we saw with Donegal severely punished. 
you know, but have even, to play their final game. Like, you know, I'm a Dublin fan and mm. I don't think they should be playing in Croke Park. As no, it's not <laughs> right. It's yeah. not. No. And, and as that, look, initially, the GA might, may have looked, I'm being devil's advocate, that they were getting the revenue in. Crowds have dwindled massively. Definitely. In yeah. Croke Park the yeah. dub, with, with, with the Dubs games as well. So, yeah. you know, that that's no longer Viable. a moot yeah. point or, or it is a moot point now. They have to take Dublin out of Croke Park because it's not fair. It's yeah. just not fair. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Dublin playing every game at home can't be fair no. they have enough advantages as it is with funding and everything like that <laughs> that's a longer conversation yeah so Super 8's look, looking forward to two semi-finals has the Super 8's worked as a quarter-final I don't think so no and then uh, we have Hurland Senior Championship and yeah Limerick Senior Hurland Championship and Premier Intermediate and Intermediate Championship uh, gets back in action somewhat disappointingly because the only reason that's happening is because Limerick are out of uh, All-Ireland yeah, um, Patrick Swell of two two wins from two from their opening games, big wins over last year's finalists Napierce Gundoon, or columnist Kieran Carey over that Patrick Swell team. They face out Liberties um, Saturday evening. They're expected to win that. Liberties have had two heavy defeats from their opening games, having got promotion from uh, Senior B last year. Expect Patrick Swell to win that. Um, you have uh, Napierce and Kilmallock in probably the marquee game. Like they, they, they've they've had huge battles over the last number of years, in finals, semi finals. They've over, yeah, the last five six years or last seven or eight years. They've they've been the two best teams in Limerick, senior hurling, county title wise as well. So that's Thursday night in the LIT Gaelic rounds. That's everything to be a cracker. Um, two very good teams there, and the final senior A game of the weekend sees a Darren Dune another potential cracker. Um, going back to the other one, the Pierce have one win and one loss. Visa Liberty's last to Patrick's well. Um, Kilmallock have one win and one draw. Beat South Liberty's, um, sorry, beat Adair and drew with Dune last seconds. Uh, controversial point from Paddy O'Brien in the last round. And South Liberty's have none from two, and Dune have um, a defeat and a draw. So Dune probably need to win that one more than Adair. Senior Football Championship as well. Last uh, the fourth round of that, one more group round of that. Um, played at the weekend last weekend you had Uvedere Ula Newcastle West still on 100% they've been the outstanding teams so far of this campaign Ula may be a bit of a surprise package with their four wins from four they're champions for the last two years Newcastle West they're the two strongest teams really in the competition but Ula with their Limerick Intercounty hurlers flying along nice so Pat Ryan Richie English Daryl Donovan flaking footballers as well so yeah, that's all the so There's no open. rest in the GA in Limerick. No rest no. in the GA in Limerick, no. <laughs> and then uh, over to Limerick FC. Yeah, another defeat for Limerick FC um, against Kevin Teeley. And as we said last week, whatever slim hopes were probably yeah. gone anyway. They're definitely gone now. Um, just it's just a poor play defeat. for pride they've for the rest of the season now, I suppose. Well, th- th- that's it. I mean, they've two home games. They've not that they've games. not been playing with pride for the last season. That's what they're doing you know, anyway, yeah. yeah. Um, I think kind of when the break came, Limerick kind of. Lost a couple of more players. Yeah. Can't, couldn't bring anyone in really. Obviously, and fatigue is going to kick in. Fatigue is, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. All, all of that. They're in FAI Cup action this weekend. Um, away to Cove Wanderers, a non-league team, in the Munster Senior League. Obviously, from Cove, um, played them once before the Munster Senior League a few years back in UL. Limerick won three-one after extra time. I'm, I'm not going to get into the inner workings of Limerick FC anymore. We've done that to death yeah. here. Um, would a cup run be a good thing? Would it be a bad thing? They've lost more players. They've lost Gerard Barry, who was on the periphery of the senior squad, sub every game. He's rejoined 
he's gone back to junior soccer in Limerick. Adrian Finnan talks about that in his Limerick FC piece this week. It doesn't look good when the better option for younger players it's at the moment take a step is to down. Step, take a step yeah. down. It just reflects so poorly on the way things are being run. As I said, we've talked it to yeah. death. Um, Cove Wanderers this weekend, like I said, is it a good thing if they have a cup run? I don't know. I think Limerick needs to finish the season. They have two home games left, August the 13th, which is next weekend. They're at home. And then I think they've won in September as well. So I think it's just time to... See where things go from there. Yeah, mm. and then, of course, we have the junior se- soccer season starting next week locally as well, which, you know, Janesboro looking for another title. They've, they've won it the last few years. They've dominated things, lost a couple of players. Again, Adrian Finnan has a detailed article on that this week. Big, big movers really so far. Um, our Janesboro will be there, thereabouts. You'd expect Pike, but Pike have been hit with their late resignation of their manager, Mick Shield, who's brought him to FA Junior Cup Finals. Munster Cup wins over the last couple of years, but he's resigned, he's left. Big, big blow to them ahead of the season. And plenty of rumours flying around about why he's left. Um, incoming transfer seems to be the, the one of the big, bigger issues within that, but I'm sure there's more more in that story too. Yeah. But Fairview have brought in a lot of players. The one day lost a cup at the end of last season, they've been on, in the doldrums for the last 10 or so years. One of the biggest junior clubs to ever in Limerick in Limerick junior soccer. Um could be on the way back this year. They've they've, they've recruited very heavily in the off season. So just an exciting start. You've you've games on Tuesday and Thursday. Sounds like it'll be a good season this year. It should be a yeah. good season, yeah. So we'll be looking forward to covering as much of that as we can. And you can keep up to date with all that over on sportinglimerick.com and limerickpost.e or by following the hashtag sportlk or keeping Limerick posted across all social media channels. John, thanks very much for joining us. More than welcome, Ken. This week's podcast is brought to you by Pet Mania with their stock clearance sale now on. I'm now joined in studio by our arts editor, Rose Rush, who has also been on her travels recently. You've been to Turkey, Rose. I have, I have, Ken. This happens to everybody in the newsroom. Once in a very blue moon, we get to go somewhere. And uh, Sunway's a company I've sort of a a semi-commercial partnership with. And uh, I and I spent plenty with them in my private life. I was in Agadir and numerous other places on my own spend. Um, this year, the idea I, the idea I might go to Turkey because uh, it's been a super safe, but largely Muslim country. And as we know, if you go to the Berlin Christmas markets, or the promenade in Nice, or the underground in Brussels, or over around the tower in London, your your incidents of being affected by ISIS and um, negative news. Uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. When ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the Muslim world is so, as their imam said recently, after the hideous crime committed against the Galway Mosque, they are such a peace loving community throughout the world, and for my own. Satisfactory my private life, I have always far, 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 far preferred a holiday in Tunisia, in Morocco. Morocco. Yeah. We're both fans Egypt. of Morocco. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, um, as opposed to Magaluf or Olds and how much desecration the West has yeah. you know, brought to other territories. It doesn't go on in these countries. It doesn't. So this was the first time out to Turkey for me. And how did you get on, Rose? 
Interestingly, Dublin flies to three different holiday resorts uh, or three different airports alone. Dalaman is one. Um, sure, flies to Ankara. We we won't count Ankara as a holiday resort. Also flies to Bodrum and I think maybe Kusadasi. So my own flight took me into Bodrum. And within about maybe a 40 minutes fast drive uh, along the coast, very beautiful drive, you access the city of Bodrum and then its outlying parts, Gumbut and Beat Days. How did I love it? I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Loved it. So what was on offer over there? Rose? What was an offer? Well, you know, I say in my opening paragraph here, Turkey just does everything. I'll tell you what it has. You know, the razzle does it coastline. Cities and riches that empire scorched the earth for live music of a stunning standard. Heritage of Boo, luscious foods, shopping, which doesn't interest me at all when I'm on holiday. And then just Turks interact beautifully with the tourists. I found them extremely respectful, honest and a wonderful fun. Brilliant. Wonderful fun. You will never be lonely or not laughing in this country, I promise you. What was the highlight of the trip for you? Um... Hot tip, I'm not city girl when I travel anywhere, okay? okay? I love coastline or mountains and I cannot be indoors when the weather's good. So what is as ordinary as brushing your teeth over there is you go down to the coastline, you hop in a boat and you're pulled around for the next half ten into half five would be a typical trip. So count that, that's seven hours. You're yeah. seven hours out on sea. Typically, you will do five stops of between maybe half an hour, 40 minutes and an hour and a half each. Nice one. You're away from the hurly-burly of yeah. commercial life and all that. You're out in very deep water, which has its own thrill. You will recover your sea legs, I promise you. You're on board with Turks from every corner of this enormous country. I think it's got a population of 70 million from every corner of Turkey. They love their coastline. They yeah. love their town. They love their holiday. Uh, also hung out with Moroccans, Iraqis, French, Aussies, who were bold as brass and very funny, <laughs> uh, British people, French and uh, Irish, uh, mostly Turks. Uh, what we do is you spend all day. Oh, yeah, it's very funny. OK, before you ever get on the boat, you're stripped of your footwear. This goes into big laundry baskets okay. of the boat. So uh, and this applies to every person, crew included. So uh, you're tripping around all day in your, I, I, I have to tell you, every morning I'm checking my feet anxiously for black spots. No, I've got away with it thus far. Okay, <laughs> nothing is transferred. It's good so to hear. It's just you, your swim and togs and wear something very light over them, preferably that'll cover your shoulders as well. And you have all this wonderful opportunity to uh, be a tourist from the sea looking at incredible mountains and coastlines and castles and other very, 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 very beautiful boats and ships and sailors. One highlight is uh, the ice cream men. Yeah. Yeah. The Turks have a thrilling disregard for health and safety. Okay. I found this very joyful. With ice cream. <laughs> so, whilst we're all in the water, along with sharks and dolphins and shoals of fish and rocks and the whole lot, and other boats are jumping within a shout distance of you as well, and um, the ice cream man comes in and he's a little catamaran and there he sells his Nestle, his HB, whatever it is. Brilliant. He's ducking and diving at speed in between the swimmers. But because we're swimming, you can't hear it. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. my own stroke is largely breaststroke, so you're underwater. <laughs> try, try to be able to spot a catamaran coming towards you to send your mind <laughs> Oh, it's good fun. 
And uh, the only time the life jacket comes out is when uh, the non-swimmers, of which there are many, want to get in the water, holding a kid in one hand, yeah. sunglasses on top of their head, and a selfie stick in the other. <laughs> but the kid won't get a life jacket. It's deemed to be in mommy or daddy's hands, so that's safe enough. And uh, cheering friends will allow the photograph you from the side of the boat while you flounder around uh, trying to respect your makeup and the kid. I'm talking about men too, right? <laughs> And then you get a life jacket. Other than that, it's forget it. You know, we pull in for the lunch stop, which is the long one, the hour and a half one. And again, you're, you know, a few hundred meters out from this extraordinarily beautiful cove. And uh, they go, no, no swimming before lunch. No swimming. No swimming. Okay. And then you crowd in the, the lower deck then. You're scorching the upper deck. You have to run across the tarpaulin. It's so, so hot. You all get a filthy beanbag to lounge in. It's just wonderfully glamorous and beautiful, right? <laughs> and they say, uh, no swimming before lunch. Swim after lunch. Okay. Did I mention the the um, the all inclusive bar? Uh, you left that detail out. I yeah, think, I think that's yeah. a good idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you can pay as you go, or you can do soft drinks yeah. only. In fairness, I've done the soft drink cruise too. I enjoyed it very, very much. Well, that's good. Probably enjoy the other trip. <laughs> a little bit more. Other trips, um, just a little bit of spice in the mix. Yeah. Okay, oh, that's yeah. it, reader. Your health and safety is at your own behest. You know, Brilliant. you can misbehave, which I encourage. You can behave, which is dull and predictable. So, you know, and they, no, no, you swim after lunch. So then we all get this, you know, big plate of cooling pasta. Uh, no sauce. Still, it tastes good. Big salad, good fresh artisan bread, and then a plank of something. And, uh, you know, those, you know, those um, very brightly colored breadcrumbs? Yep. Not panko, just the really, the really grievous ones. This will be over a two-dimensional short plank of something. So the first time I ate this, I thought it was minced fish. Okay, you know, I just checked in fish and I asked, no, 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 they go, it's, uh, it's chicken. This is a chicken ass globe. <laughs> Keen, I promise you, that chicken never saw a mother or an egg, neither did the breadcrumbs. So, uh, however, the salad is perfectly nice. Brilliant. Okay. So uh, your trip to Turkey, you'd advise anyone? I recommend would, yeah. them to yeah go. yeah yeah try and bring a bit of a sunblock preferably one that you can spray which i omitted you spray in your back because that will get a bit you'll, you'll rinse off as the yeah. aging goes on but it's it, the waters are incredibly inviting and relaxing and just to be starfish there and silky water you know you're 100 feet beneath it, you'll ultimately find a rock but you never want to find it you're just looking up at the sky and you're away from the heat of the coastline oh wonderful way to live brilliant and you can read all about Rose's trip on page 39 of this week's Limerick Post. Thank you, Kim. Yeah. And it'll be online as well, I'm sure, Rose. Yeah, I think it's online already. Yeah. Plus so, a tacky uh, video I made. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we're popping over to our arts page, Rose. Yeah, who says the summer is quiet? There's a ton on. I'll tell you what, can I take a run at this in date order? Yep. Okay, Sounds I'll tell you good. what's happening now, okay? Yep. This afternoon, the weather is holding good until this evening, so please God... Uh, this on plein air painting session on plein air for readers who don't speak French is literally it's in the open air and three professional painters of Hymian there Michael Collins who's largely Barcelona based uh, Tom Collins's bar in town Geraldine Sadlier of Living Regard Society and Brian McMahon uh, they're using their skills painting pets for plein air everyone budding or professional artists young or old is invited to join them we start at 3.30pm it goes on until the light fades I understand it's a free session down by the riverside outside Ellen O'Donnell's fantastic little cafe there Brilliant. in the museum. So it should be a good crack. Sounds so they're setting different up for 4.30, well, nice. yeah, yeah. 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. And if you bring your pooch along, maybe, oh yeah, and the tenuous link 
to what's going on in the museum itself is that the joint exhibition by Sir John Sir John Lavery, Walter Frederick Osborne, uh, I found out somewhere that they were um, they were both interested in the School of Plein Air, and this was introduced to Europe by the Antwerp School of Art. Brilliant. There you go, reader. You thought I was ignorant about visual art. <laughs> Never. Okay, no. continuing in date order and staying with the Hunt Museum. Uh, this Saturday, August the 10th, a uh, well-known dance artist who's largely New York-based, very friendly woman, her name is Bianca Page-Smith. She's doing a workshop uh, at 3 p.m. this Saturday, August the 10th, and it's, uh, it's a community engagement workshop called Support. And uh, then she comes back a week later, Saturday, August the 17th, again in that museum, again at 3 p.m. Her dance piece is a two-hander. It's called Two Can Do. And what we hear about it is uh, this piece exposes the inner workings of a duo, the compromises, the unknowns, the risk, and yet the comfort that come with joining another to create a mutual journey. You'll find out more in our page and on that museum website. Brilliant. And then um, next up, Rose. Oh, holy God. We Look, we stick with visual art for a while more. I'm a great fan of Edel Cassidy. As it happens, she's a neighbour, but then many people are. She Limerick's has a small place. <laughs> I think we're all neighbours. Keen Reinhardt, the world <laughs> is but a village. Uh, she's based in Durid Doyle. Uh, we only ever meet, actually, by design and appointment. Um, she's from a very arty family, a uh, high-achieving family. Ronan Cassidy is a filmmaker, a documentary maker, known specifically for his stuff on uh, Monster Rugby and other stories. I know he's trying to do, he's doing a hunted search for Brian Cross, who's the, Brian Cross is another son of Limerick. He's now teaching film in the University in San Diego and he's had um, a film short, shortlisted for an Oscar exit through the through the gift shop and he works enormously um, well at high level with rappers, with music. Um, his, his latest book is Ghost Stories and that's on music of the unseen people, largely black peoples of the world. Lovely. So uh, anyway, Idel brings out this very beautiful quarterly journal. It retails for about 3.50, four quid, I think, in Tesco, Eason's, wherever. Uh, very, very beautiful artwork in it. She calls it anthology, a collection of beautiful experiences. You can read more about the seasons in Arts Page and uh, preferably pick it up and get a subscription. It's uh, Shane Foley works in, he's a production journalist yep. myself. He just sat down and drooled over the latest book page by page and it just has that effect on me every three months. Yeah, I must pick it up myself, Rose. Here, here. Yeah. So uh, all these are on page 67 of this week's Limerick Post, by the way, for any listeners that want to get some more details on that. Yes, yeah. Now I'm going to hold over the Limerick Youth Theatre story for another week because the performance part that begins Thursday 15th to 17th. Keen, so I might okay. hold that until next week. Yeah, that's no problem. If you don't mind. Just one last um, jump at the page, and that's to acknowledge Chamber Philharmonic. A bit of music. Cologne. Yeah. Mm. They come every August. They used to be very faithful to St Mary's Keith, Keith, sorry, Cathedral. Last year they eloped to St Flannan's. This year they're back with St Mary's. It's an August 15th concert. And this is an ensemble from the orchestra that is Chamber Philharmonia Cologne. And the interesting thing about this German company is that their soloists 
they, they work as an ensemble, yet every musician gets a very beautiful solo piece to, to showcase their skills as well. So what we're told is this year it has Antonio Vivaldi, Paganini, Camille Saint-Saëns and Mozart. They're all on this year's programme, Thursday the 15th, and book at box office at the concert hall www.uch.ie for this 8pm concert. So it's a biggie. And concerts like that are very good for people who have an interest in classical music but don't get the opportunity often to go to see an orchestra play. Yeah, and then it's a central venue that you can walk to, whereas, you know... It's very uh, accessible for people. MIC's Lime Tree, and uh, I do think you need a car to get to the other end of the concert hall. I, I do think... Some sort of wheels is, is helpful yeah. for St Mary's Cathedral does attract the passers-by and the dedicated followers as well. Brilliant. Rose? Okay, so we'll draw a line there. Thank you very much for joining me this week. And it's nice to have you back from Turkey. You're so good to entertain yeah. me, Keen. <laughs> Keep it up. Enjoy the rest of your week, Rose. Good lad. Good lad, Keen. <laughs> so that's it for this week's Limerick Post News Roundup. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. And I'd like to thank Bernie English for joining me this week and Maura Nolan, arts editor Rose Rush and Jean Kyo from Sporting Limerick. For more news, arts, entertainment, sports and much, much more, visit limerickpost.ie or follow the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all social media channels. And this week's podcast is brought to you in association with Pet Mania who have their clearance sale now on. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt, and we really are Keeping Limerick Posted. <laughs>